Life is full of awesome what ifs and some not so much, like unexpected medical costs. That's why United Healthcare provides Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans to supplement your primary plan and help manage out of pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com. Welcome to Top Stories. I am yet again Andy Zaltzman. For our top story from a bugle past, we're going back to February 2017. The bugle was deep in its not-at-all-lamented Trump era. The president was spoiling us with his very characteristic leadership style. It's issue 4016, entitled Terrorists Eat Cauliflowers. Andy, the top story this week, like all top stories everywhere in any country of the world including Southern Suriname, is <laughs> Donald Trump. Um, I have a question, Andy. Okay. Just have a, so a judge in Seattle, uh, a Republican judge, uh, blocked a, a nation, had a nationwide block on the travel ban. And he said, you can't stop people just randomly from different countries coming in. Fair enough. And Trump called him a so-called judge. Yeah. And my question is, does this now revolutionize judgments everywhere in the world? from the Greek system of justice. Like, for example, if a man in India has been tried for murder and is sentenced to death, could he just stand up and say, well, that's your judgment from a so-called judge <laughs> in this so-called court, in your so-called justice system? Right. Um, see, I, I see it a different way, actually. I right. see this as an example of Trump being uh, extremely respectful <laughs> to both the American justice system <laughs> and uh, Judge Robart's uh, himself, he called him a so-called judge. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, which is fair enough because there is nothing about James Robarts that intrinsically makes him a judge. <laughs> it's merely the fact that humans evolved language to communicate ideas and gradually form some concept of justice, requiring people with expertise and authority to be given the jurisdiction to <laughs> apply the concept of justice and call it justice, and themselves be called judges, and for James Robart to attain that elevated level that enables us to call him a judge. So highlighting all the human evolution that has gone into him being appointed a judge and called a judge merely highlights what an amazing guy he must be. I mean, this is Trump bowing the knee to the concept of justice, I think. I think you've hit about something great, Andy, right. because you could then extend the so-called to anything. Yeah. Till the person proves that he's that thing. Like, you could go up to a person and say, so so-called human, yep. and the person then has to do human things. It gets to the very heart of the philosophy of language, doesn't it? Yeah. <laughs> what does it mean? And also uniforms as well. I think, I don't know whether it was you guys that invented the robe for the judge. I think we realised quite early in our national existence quite how much you could get away with if you put on a smart uniform. <laughs> yeah. And uh, as would be testified by... The history of India as well. Correct. We were very smartly dressed when we turned up, and it gives you an in inbuilt authority. When they were announcing, in the 16th century, when they were announcing death sentences, yep. that's when they'd put on the wig. No, that's they put the black cap on top of the wig. Oh, right. Yeah, Just so you got the wig the... on, and they put the black cap on, which is a bit of a spoiler alert if you're the, <laughs> the defendant. Yeah, I was just thinking that. Like, first of all, the moment he goes to the black cap, you know, you know, like, okay, game over. Yeah. 
And then if you're going to announce a death sentence, should you be more somber instead of looking totally ridiculous? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, is the goal here a little bit of humor? Because the British are known for their humor. So is it is it because... I'm now going to do a bit of cross-dressing. Right. Well, yeah, I mean, because the black cap kind of looks a bit like a picnic napkin. So <laughs> It just seems like, yeah, you're going to hang a man. Yeah. Then let me do it in the most ridiculous way possible. <laughs> let me do a bit of salsa while I'm at it. So it's, so the so-called judge thing is, is you know, I think you raised a really good point about jurisprudence because, uh, you know, I'm reminded of a story of a court in Uttar Pradesh in India where a judge felt so unsafe because the the area he was a judge of was filled with so many vandals and criminals that he sat on the judge's desk with a gun. <laughs> <laughs> and I felt that that's you're then one step away from then announcing the sentence and carrying it out yourself <laughs> by shooting the guy in the face. Right. I do hope Donald Trump does not listen to this episode. That, <laughs> yeah. that will give him ideas that will be very hard to stop. Correct. But in, but in that case, he wouldn't be a so-called judge because he'd be judge and judgment at the same time. Yeah. And I think this is, you're right, like like courts in Minnesota, Wisconsin, you know, across the board, if judges started carrying some sort of firearm, you know, he wouldn't be a so-called judge anymore because he's actually passed the sentence. <laughs> and I think Homeland Security is now being told that given that they don't really have any legal backing to stop people, uh, that they were, they're encouraged to do extreme vetting. Right. And uh, like, how do you extremely vet just people from different nationalities? So I think they're asking what Donald Trump is asking on Twitter. He's asking Iranian families, are you bad people? (laughs) And then some Iranians are saying, no, we're not. And they say, "Okay, go to baggage reclaim. Well, I think, but I mean, that that could be Trump's way of simplifying and streamlining the process. If you see it through his worldview, you want to have all these complicated immigration forms to fill in, you know, these visa applications of 30 pages of questions to answer. You just have to tick a simple goodie or baddie box. And that will, I mean, you'll get through, fly through immigration in America. It's quick. You know, when I filled out my job application, when my first job was in the US, one of the forms they make you fill out, question number two is, are you currently, or have you ever been a terrorist? <laughs> I mean, the options were yes, no, and don't know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but but well, well, don't know is an increasing that is an increasingly likely option because uh, I mean, what well, Trump has essentially he, he issued a uh, they issued a list, didn't they, of all the terrorist attacks that have been committed, including a number of attacks which had nothing to do with terrorism. <laughs> and obviously, we had the Bowling Green massacre That's a great last massacre. week uh, that we we talked about on the show, like the the fictitious ma- massacre. And we've, we've had an email actually, a rather a rather a moving email we'll come to you later in the show from. Uh, Someone who only just found out that uh, <laughs> that they lost someone in the, in the Bowling Green massacre. It's, our, our thoughts are with you. Um, and um, I mean, so you could. I think. I mean, yeah. You don't. You just don't know now. You just don't know what. You know, when you do something like. I mean, I might just go go to the shop and buy uh, like a, a a cauliflower. I don't know now whether I've committed terrorism or not. You just <laughs> yeah. don't know. It is such a vague and malleable concept. But don't know. I think everyone will have to take. Even terrorists might actually find out that they weren't. They that they weren't. We just don't know anymore. Yeah. In fact, Khalid Sheikh Mohammed, the master planner of nine eleven, who's currently in Guantanamo Bay, uh, gave a statement yesterday or day before. This is a fact, and he said, "I'm confused." <laughs> and when he's saying oh. it, you know, he's like he, he's confused by what's going on. Right. <laughs> 
And he's so the, he hasn't. He now has, <laughs> having been previously a self-confessed <laughs> yeah. Al Qaeda bigwig. Yeah, he now doesn't. Eat, Oh, what a world do we live in? <laughs> he's not sure what it means anymore. He's, you know, he's, he's caught in Karachi in a raid, sent to Guantanamo, he did all the right things. He just doesn't know anymore. It's quite confusing. Um, and, and also, Andy, you know, the English language, you know, you gave us the English language. I mean, you personally. You're welcome. Gave us the English I like language. what you guys have done with it. 1757, <laughs> you came over yourself, gave it to us. And, you know, words like massacre, you know, it meant a certain thing when we went through your education system in our schools, you know. Right. But now if the massacre extends to just normal things, like I got delayed on my way over on the tube at Green Park Station, so I had a Green Park massacre. <laughs> <laughs> well, and yeah, but we can't argue the facts anymore. That's, you know, that's your fact. <laughs> that's, a, that's just happened. No, we don't, I don't have the, I don't have the authority. So yeah. I'm not, you know, unless you're a printed encyclopedia now and they basically don't exist anymore. And anything can be a fact. Anything. Trump, um, I mean, he basically has taken one look at the concepts of justice, respect for the law, and the accumulated wisdom and progress of generations. Um, he sniffed disdainfully, unbuttoned his trousers, removed his penis, and then vomited all over the concept of justice before <laughs> saying, you thought I was going to piss on it, didn't you? And then urinating all over his own vomit. That is quite literally what he has done. <laughs> To American justice, in his own mind, anyway. A decisive vomit, and then a stubbornly patriotic waz. Exactly, you're just one step away from him doing that on the Constitution, and then calling it this so-called book. <laughs> yes. Well, I mean, a lot of people said we've got to give Trump time. You know, that we can't judge, can't judge him on the things he's said and done. Um, as the old saying goes, Anavab, you can't judge yeah. a book by its cover or by its contents. You should judge a book by how much it hurts when someone smashes you repeatedly on the head with a hardback copy. <laughs> and you should also judge a book by its Twitter account. And when that book is My Presidency, Volume 1, plonking it on the table and seeing what happens by President Donald Trump, then that Twitter account is essentially it's a series of weird, free-verse, 140-character maximum caterwauls from the planet Crank. It's essentially a minute-by-minute post-haiku series of billiograms <laughs> charting a mental map of a planet and species that were it to actually exist, rather than just being fictional Trumpania, it would be even more terrifying than f***ing planet Earth already is. I, oh, I can't... I said two weeks ago I had to take a week off Trump. Yeah. I've now not taken a week off Trump for two weeks in a row. I've, and my sister's on the show next week, and I think she's had enough of... I'm, I think we'll just talk about our childhoods. I, I love the way his mind works, because it goes from terrible terrorists coming in from Syria... My daughter Ivanka has been badly treated by Nordstrom. <laughs> it's so specific, yeah. right? It goes from the grand to the tiny. It's very godlike, you know? Yeah. These shoelaces, and then right after that, the trouble with bin Laden. <laughs> <It's just laughs> right. Donald Trump can get angry at every grain of sand. That's the, uh, <laughs> yeah. yeah. He, he tweeted this, When a country is no longer able to say who can and who cannot come in and out, especially for reasons of safety and security, big trouble! <laughs> Explanation mark. Big trouble indeed. Um, I mean, it's slightly less big trouble, given that safety and security are not really the reasons and political grandstanding is. But, I mean, his point stands. But just imagine, imagine if he's worried about desperate refugees coming into the country. Imagine how nuts he'll go if someone ever tells him how many Americans are killed every year by guns or cars or burgers or 
beer or cigarettes or pollution or playing American football, falling off horses, falling off bicycles, falling off unicycles, falling off branches, falling off sofas, or falling off erotic, sadomasochistic, mechanical rodeo donkeys. Imagine that. Imagine how angry he'll be then. I mean, he's already angry at stuff that he doesn't need to be angry about. The man is, he is a ticking volcano. That last means of death... Yep. It's a fantastic means of death. <laughs> uh, I think if you're going to die with a rodeo <laughs> donkey, you've done well. <laughs> I think it Never is. has a truer word been spoken on this podcast, Annabelle. You can uh, buy your <laughs> donkeys at <laughs> dungeons.com, by the way. Well, where you can also buy tickets to my UK tour shows. That was another top story. Thank you for listening. More slices of satire from the past tomorrow. Hi, it's producer Chris from The Bugle here. Did you know that I have a new series of my podcast, Richie Firth Travel Hacker, out now? It's the show where Richie Firth and I talk about how to make travel better in our very special way. In this series, we discuss line bikes, Teslas, the London Overground, and a whole bunch of other random stuff that possibly involves wheels or tracks or engines of some variety. God, what a hot sell this is. I mean, you, you, you must be so excited. Listen now.